You are listening to What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Welcome back to yet another episode of What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Today we will be reviewing A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984 and Rise of the Zombies from 2012. Since this is shitheads movie or time to go first, we will go with A Nightmare on Elm Street. Take it away, Tim. Um <laughs> In 1981, teenager Tina Gray awakens from a terrifying nightmare, whereas a disfigured man wearing a uh, blade-fixed glove that attacks her in a boiler room. Iconic. If you guys know what I'm talking about, you know it. Uh, her mother points out the uh, mysterious slashes on her nightgown when she wakes up. Like, there's slashes there. She didn't get cut, thankfully, but there, he did manage to somehow cut her clothing, which has got her wondering what's going on. Anyhow, the following morning... Tina's best friend, Nancy Thompson, and her, Nancy's boyfriend, Glenn, Glenn Lance, console her, revealing they also each had a nightmare the previous night. But they didn't really get into what it was about. Um, the two stay at Tina's house when Tina's mother goes out of town, where she discovers that Nancy also had a nightmare about the disfigured man. Tina's boyfriend, Rod Lane, this guy's quite the character. <laughs> not exactly nice. He is to her, kind of, but not really. It's a little bit of a womanizer type attitude. Anyhow, interrupts her sleepover. Um, and he goes upstairs and him and Tina have a little fun. Anyhow, when Tina falls asleep, she dreams of a disfigured man chasing her. And Rod's awakened by Tina thrashing and sees that she's being dragged and fatally slashed up on the ceiling even for part of it by some unforeseen unseen force. He couldn't see it. It just like she's floating and you could see the cuts as they were happening, but could not see Freddie actually doing it, um, forcing him to flee as uh, Nancy and Glenn awaken to find Tina's bloody and dead body, which they wonder whether or not he had anything to do with it or not. But they also saw the way he left, like he was terrified. So questionable. Next day, Nancy's policeman father, Don Thompson, arrests Rod despite his pleas of innocence. At school, Nancy falls asleep in class and the man chases her in the boiler room where she's cornered. She deliberately burns her arm on a pipe, which... The burn startles her awake in class, and she notices the burn mark on her arm. So the burn was real, so she realizes there's a connection there. And Nancy visits Rod at the police station, who describes Tina's death along with his own nightmares about the same man stalking her and her, her dreams, making Nancy believe the man killed Tina. At home, Nancy falls asleep in the bathtub, nearly drowned uh, by the man, and then she's becomes extremely dependent on caffeine to stay awake and invites Glenn to watch over her while she sleeps. In her dream, Nancy sees the man prepare to kill Rod in his cell, but then he turns his attention toward her. Nancy runs away and wakes up when her alarm clock goes off. The man kills Rod by wrapping bed sheets around his neck and staging it as a, as a suicide. At Rod's funeral, Nancy's parents become worried as she describes her dreams in a weird way, like they know something or something's a little off there, like there's something not being told. Her mother, Marge, takes, a, takes her to a sleep disorder clinic where she, where in a dream, Nancy grabs a man's fedora with the name Freddy Krueger written in it and pulls it into the real world, comes back with her. After barricading the house, Marge explains that Krueger was an insane child murderer who killed 20 children but was released by a technicality and then was burned alive by the victim's parents on the street seeking a vigilante justice. And she was a part of this. Nancy realizes that Kruger, now a vengeful ghost, is killing her friends out of revenge to satiate his own psychopathic needs. Nancy tries to call Glenn to warn him, but his father prevents him from speaking to him because with the bars on the window and everything, he doesn't really want his son 
associating with her, you know, as, but by barricading, she actually, her mother actually put bars in the window. She couldn't get out. Nothing could get in because in her eyes, it, she thinks there's another psychopath or something. Anyhow, um, tries to call him to warn him. Dad says no. Nancy puts Marge, uh, now alone, Nancy puts Marge to sleep and asks Don, who's across the street, that's her dad. Uh, she she sees Glenn die because he didn't get the call. Um, he is a, completely, like, turned into a vicious uh, a liquid goo of blood and guts. It's it's he's There's no body parts left to the point where it's actually dripping down stairs and her father's called and goes in and it's uh, his murder. And then... Uh, his dad uh, and everybody's just getting sick. I can't believe it's that bad. And what happened? And that's when she tells her dad, come wake, uh, come over, break in within 20 minutes. Just please do just trust me on this. And she, Nancy booby traps uh, the house and then grabs Kruger out of her dream into the real world. Just as the alarm goes off and the booby tax uh, traps affect Kruger enough that Nancy can light him on fire and lock him in the basement. And Nancy rushes the door to help him. Finally, he comes, her dad comes in. But unfortunately, when the police break in, it's already a little bit late for uh, Kruger because he's already gotten out of the basement. And Nancy and Don go upstairs and find a burning Kruger smothering Marge in her bedroom, her mother in her bedroom. After Don extinguishes a fire, Kruger and Marge vanish on the bed, just disappear. When Don leaves a room, Kruger rises behind, the, behind Nancy from the bed. And realizing Kruger's power is a victim of fear because of uh, her friend that passed away, the one that got turned into liquid goo, had mentioned this to her that in nightmares, the only way that nightmares have power over you is if you let them. You can actually take your power back by ignoring it. So she calmly turns her back to him and Kruger evaporates as he attempts to lunge at her. Nancy steps outside in the bright foggy morning where all her friends and her mother is still alive. Nancy gets into Glenn's convertible to go to school when a top suddenly comes down and locks him in as the car drives down the street. The top when it comes down is Freddy Krueger's shirt, the green and red stripes. And the three girls dressed in white playing on a jump rope are heard cranning, chanting Freddy Krueger's uh, nursery rhyme as Marge is grabbed by Freddy Krueger through the front door window. So, yeah, um, definitely open for a sequel right there. It was not not the conclusion. And the beginning of a very iconic series. And that, with that said, Lando, what are your thoughts? Well, when it comes to Rotten Tomato, they gave it a 95 with an 84% audience score. Google gave it a 90. This one had a budget of 1.1 million. It made 57 million in the box office. When it comes to my overall thoughts, it's, I mean, it's a Wes Craven movie. You can't go wrong with a Wes Craven movie. He's one of my favorite directors of all time the fact that robert england will always be the only true freddy krueger bite me i don't care about that stupid remake fuck off this movie had a great amount of blood and 80s amount of gore which made the kills pretty awesome this movie had a great story for sure i loved how he became what he is and the whole story behind it the fight scene in the end with the possible plot twist gave this movie a good rating from me which is a five skull rating what about you there tim yeah i five of five five skulls for me too it's just this is an iconic beginning of a great series and robert england i mean we had to pick somebody i picked robert england because there's not this is one of my favorite characters in horror period and then Wes craven on top of it 
oh yeah this is this is great um little on fact too this is nightmare on elm street was based on some biological elements from wes craven's childhood as well so this is even has like a sentimental reason to him to start it but yeah five of five love it all right now that we're done with a nightmare on elm street from 1984 we will go with my movie which Again, is Rise of the Zombies from 2012. So this movie starts out with a waterborne virus that has outbreak throughout San Francisco. A group of survivors, including Dr. Lynn Snyder and others, create a refuge at Alcatraz Island. Snyder receives communications from a Dr. Arnold, a scientist constructing experiments to create a cure for the virus meanwhile dr dan halbert or halburn or something like that i don't know how to pronounce his last name another of the refugees is studying parts of the zombie bodies but is unable to make much headway because he only has parts from a dead zombie his research is further hindered when danny trejo's character i can't quite pronounce his character's name but and other refugees burn the zombie corpses being stored on the island a horde of zombies are washed onto the island by the tide causing panic in the camp while they are defeated many other refugees are killed and two are infected by the virus one of them being the doctor's daughter julie the survivors decide to set out to the mainland while the doctor stays back to study the two infected victims later in the film hell pern he is forced to kill himself by detonating a grenade when his daughter bites him before the virus can claim him as well the group on the mainland splits in two because of conflicting goals snyder wishes to find dr arnold as she believes he has found a cure while the other group insists that it wants to find supplies and reach what they believe is an evacuation point. Danny Trejo's character and several others are soon infected and the group's numbers dwindle. It is eventually revealed that the evacuation point has already been overrun by zombies, rendering escape seemingly impossible. As the group ciphers gas from a car, Ashley commits suicide on a trolley by rolling it down the hill, colliding with a bus. The survivors... Or the last survivors of the group, Snyder, Kyle, and Marshall, discovered Dr. Arnold's refuge, the water treatment plant where the outbreak began. Arnold reveals that he has indeed discovered a cure based on his tests on animal subjects. As the five flee for a chopper on the roof of the plant, both Kyle and Marshall are attacked by Arnold's vaccine saves them. The group escape the city, and Arnold requests a laboratory to be manufactured for his cure expressing optimism that anything is possible and that's pretty much the end of this movie i mean really didn't have much and rotten tomatoes they agree because they didn't give it a score at all the audience score was so low they gave it a 15 goal gave it a 69 and i couldn't find any information on a budget or box office so when it comes to my overall thoughts on this film, I picked this movie because Danny Trejo is one of my favorite actors since I've seen him in From Dust Till Dawn in 96. This one doesn't have the best story, but not the worst either. Like, they got it right with the action for this one. 
it had a good amount of blood and gore. I also love the fact that you get LeVar Burnham, who plays Jordy in the Star Trek The Next Generation TV series. You get Chad Lindbergh, who played Jesse in 2001's The Fast and the Furious. And you also get Ethan Supley, who played the bully in Boys Meet World, or Boy Meets World, which is a TV show from the 90s as well. So a great amount of cast members, in my opinion. The only thing that I really hated was the CGI on the eyes of the zombies. It was far too obvious. And the fact that they killed off Danny Dreho's character far too soon. So with that being said, I gave this movie a 3.5 skull rating. What about you there, Tim? That is ironic because that's what I was thinking. It's like a three and a half. Decent actors. And I was excited to see the guy play Jesse in Fast and Furious because I haven't seen him in a lot of movies, at least not with the character looking almost the same as the one from the Fast and Furious. Almost acted the same. I kind of like that. Um, Trejo did. I was expecting more of him. Uh, It kind of sucked. My favorite part, even though it was was okay, uh, when the doctor cut part of his own arm open and sliced meat off to feed his daughter. That was like, that was a creep factor and just that cringe factor. That was my favorite part of the entire movie. Um, But yeah, three and a half. It's watchable. It's decent. Trejo should have been in there a little longer. Did some really cool killing. Kind of really kind of took a little of my win. It would have easily been a four, four and a half if he'd been more present. And that CGI in the eyes was very, very, I don't know. I would, it might not have been able to go for over four just for those CGI in the eyes because that really drove me nuts. But it is watchable. Decent story. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any movie suggestions, as always, you can email us at whatinthorrorpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on our Twitter. That's whatinthorrorpodcast, all one word. You can also join our Discord. But anyways, as always, I've been Lando. And I've been Tim. And we are the fuck out of here. You were listening to What in the Horror. See you next time. <laughs>